Welcome to the teaching ministry of Steve Franklin. Steve's calling is to coach champions in the kingdom of God. Our prayer for you as you listen to this word of encouragement and instruction is that you'll be built up in your faith and encouraged to take the next step in your development as one of God's true champions. Here's Steve. We've been talking about relationships in different avenues, different parts of relationship, how to discern relationships. Certain, way, certain things to beware of that hurt relationships. And uh, we, last time, we talked there in Ephesians 4, and I'm just going to hit the high points here, and I'll modify this message. We talked about how it is so vital in relationships. And by the way, let me just say this before I say that. And Wayne, I want this on the tape. We had 150, we had, let's see, 50 countries listening last year. Uh, that's one of the things that Pastor Wayne and Deborah do for us to expose this teaching worldwide through the internet. Part of the reason you have called out in, in chapter 4, verse 11, some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers to equip the saints for the work of the ministry, for the building up, the edifying encouragement of the body of Christ. These are the office gifts of the church. And the reason you have that is to edify and build up the body to do the work of the ministry. But he says that we should all come to the unity of the faith and the true knowledge of the Son of God, to a mature and perfect person in the Lord, in Jesus Christ. And we should be no longer children tossed to and fro, carried about by, listen, by every wind of doctrine, by the trickery of men or the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting. One of the reasons you should sit under called out men and women is so that you don't get deceived under the wrong leadership. I want to tell you something here now, and I say this with fear and trembling. It is vital that you sit under the right spiritual leadership. You are a product of the leadership to whom you submit. Demons have been released mightily in the earth today under the headship of Satan himself to deceive the children of God. To make the children of God actually believe and confess and actually follow every wind of doctrine that is popular that teaches that anything and everything is okay, God's good with all of it. There is a mighty spirit of deception that is falling on a lot of believers today who are not staying in the truth. Be careful to whom you make spiritual submission. Let me, t let me tell you something, and don't ever forget this. I know you listen to a lot of teachers and ministers, and good for you. Good for you. But you better be careful. 
when you have somebody who makes you begin to believe that everything they say and do was inspired of God and they don't ever have any issues, you better watch that. That is deceptive. That is deceptive. And I want all the ministers to understand and listen to what I'm saying. There's not a single one of us who gets it right every time. We make mistakes. Don't forget it. And I want to tell everybody who's under a calling, don't you ever forget you are one bad choice away from hurting a lot of people. That puts the fear of God in me, let me tell you. Be careful the spiritual leadership to whom you submit. They don't get everything right. And I want to remind you of something I've told you for these 30 years. If you ever hear me say something that doesn't ring true in your spirit, man, you say, Holy Spirit, is that the truth? And you go home and you pray over it and you look in the Word of God. And if it doesn't line up with the voice of the Spirit and the Word of God, then just chunk it. I had a bad day. Amen. That is my challenge to you. And be careful the spiritual leadership to whom you think is wonderful that never gets anything wrong. Well, I gave you that advertisement for free. I mean, look at verse 15. We are to speak the truth in love. It's not good enough just to speak the truth. It has to be couched in that word agape, in the love of God. Do you ever sit through a teaching on the word of God and feel like you got beat up, but there was no love to it? We don't want that here. We are to speak the truth in love that you may grow up in all things into him who is the head, even Christ. Now notice, as you skip down a few verses, verse 20 talks about some people who have led others astray. He said, you have not so learned Christ. You didn't learn this from Christ. This new stuff you're hearing, this new teaching you're getting, this new revelation, you didn't learn that from Christ. If indeed you have heard Him and have been taught by Him, the truth is in Jesus. So that you, putting off concerning your former conduct, the old man, everybody say, I've got an old man, old patterns of speaking, thinking, behaving, that's still in me. The Word says to put that old person away. But notice what verse 22 says. I said this to the men last time. <coughs> this old man grows corrupt. You know what that means? It means the old person I used to be before Christ, the old person you used to be before Christ is getting worse. The old man is growing corrupt, but it's getting worse. 
Everybody say this with me. According to the Word of God, my flesh, the old me, is not getting any better. And don't you ever forget that. It has to be reckoned to the cross every day. Every day. Lord, I reckon that my thinking, my speaking, my behaving, I bring it into the light of the Spirit and the Word of God, and I declare that that old pattern of speaking, thinking, and behaving has been crucified with Jesus at the cross, and I refuse to operate it anymore by grace of God. How many of you know that all we got to do to roll downhill is just to stay in neutral. So we've got to every day understand that there is old patterns still in us and will still be there until our redemption is absolutely complete. We go to be with Jesus, but in the meantime, God in his love and grace has already broken the power of that old person we used to be. At the cross, the Bible says, I have been crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, but yet it's not I, but Christ who lives in me. My old flesh, my old man, its power, listen, its power was broken off of me. Its presence is still there, but its power has been defeated. It didn't cease to exist, but all the rights and privileges of the flesh has been, its legal power has been broken, and my job every day is to reckon that I'm a new creation in Christ Jesus, that I'm holy and righteous and blameless before Him in love, that I am forgiven by the blood of Jesus, and that there is plenty of grace that will get me victoriously through everything. I don't have to live like the person I used to be. You know, maybe you ought to start, start confessing your sin a little differently. Maybe instead of saying, God, please forgive me, and five minutes later, please forgive me, and five minutes later, please forgive me, maybe you ought to say, Lord, thank you that even though I was acting like somebody I'm not, by your grace I'm saved through faith. I am a new creation in Christ Jesus, more than a conqueror through him who loved me. You know what you do when you do that? you are reminding the evil one that you're not deceived by who you used to be. And you're not going to live that way. Amen. Well, then last time we, we got down here to verse 28, let him who st stole steal no longer. How many of you know there's a lot of ways to steal? You can steal energy. You can steal service. You can steal all kinds of things. But the Word says that we ought to get involved in the labor so that we'd have something to give. I said this before, you don't work for a living, you work for a giving. Because your well-being comes from seeds that are sown. Yeah. Let no, 20, 29, let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth but only what is good for edification, building up, building up, that it may impart grace, God's favor and ability to those who hear. We said this last time, God has given us a responsibility and a wonderful privilege for our words to be carriers of building people up. 
edifying people. Listen, God has given us the honor of being a carrier of grace. Everybody say it with me. I'm a grace carrier. Wow. And here's where we land today. Verse 30, do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God. Notice it was in the context of the words we say. Do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God. Everybody say this with me. The Holy Spirit is the key to great relationships. So if I grieve the Holy Spirit, my relationships are going to go sour. Do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Here's what I've been praying. Holy Spirit, show me, shine the light in my inner man and show me where I'm grieving you. If there's anything that you're displeased with, if there's anything that you, Holy Spirit, are not comfortable with, let me ask you this. If you were to say, Lord, I only want to look at, listen to, speak and accompany and do those things that you're absolutely pleased with, what would you do? One of the good litmus tests of our faith that we can give is, Holy Spirit, if there's anything that's grieving you, let me know. He'll begin to trouble you. He'll begin to disturb the peace in your inner man. Well, the Holy Spirit is a disturber of the peace. He's an imparter of the peace, but He's a disturber of the peace as well when we are grieving Him. Amen? Where am I grieving you? And then our job is not to argue with him, but to confess what he says is true. Here's some things that grieve the Spirit. We've talked about our words. Verse 31, let all bitterness. What does it mean to be bitter? Bitterness is aged anger. I not only have a deep root of anger, if I am bitter, I am beginning to close the door to that beautiful work of the love of God. Bitterness begins to form a root in my inner man, and it clouds the lens of how I see everybody and everything. If I get bitter, I absolutely begin to see everything and everybody through that lens because a bitter root and the ministry of the Holy Spirit cannot coexist. So ask the Lord right now, is there someone against whom I am bitter? Am I holding bitterness in my heart toward anybody? My husband, my wife, my children, my grandchildren, my parents, my grandparents, my employer, my former employer, my coach, my teacher, my ex. Who am I holding bitterness against? Who is it that I have been internally, listen, bitterness will ruin the internal atmosphere of your walk with the Lord. A lot of people get bitter toward God because way down deep they said, you could have stopped this and you didn't. And so they hold on to this anger that begins to get aged and it becomes bitterness And all of a sudden, 
You don't have the intimacy with the Lord you used to and you'll wonder what's wrong. And things begin to go sour in your relationships, in your work. Bitterness will block the blessing of the Lord every time. So to whom am I bitter against? Next, that will grieve the Holy Spirit. Wrath. Wrath is right there in the same line with bitterness and anger. Bitterness, wrath, and anger all stay, uh, they're in the same family. But I want you to see something here. Turn back with me to verse 26. The scripture says, be angry and do not sin. Hmm. There are certain things that you should be angry about. Jesus, the Bible says, was angry and overturned the tables in the temple and drove out those who were buying and selling. And here's what he said. Here's why. He said, it is written that my house shall be a house of prayer, but you have made it just a place to sell your goods and merchandise. It's all about you and your bad, bad motives. But it's okay to be angry about the, same, about the right thing, but notice what it says. Do not let the sun go down on your anger. Even if you're angry at the right thing, if that anger lasts into a 24-hour period, it's going to cloud your inner man and it's going to grieve the Holy Spirit. Let me say that again. Even if you're mad at the right thing, if you hold on to it and don't deal with it and let it go, it is going to cloud your relation. It's going to grieve the Holy Spirit. Do not grieve the Spirit of God and do not let anger continue. Deal with it and don't let it stay overnight. Don't let the sun go down on your wrath. Now see, he's mad, but it hasn't done him any good. And his mama ain't going to let him keep his anger all night. <laughs> Love it. Okay. <clears throat> let all bitterness, wrath, anger, and clamor. Clamor, the word, that's a word in the Greek. It means loud arguing. The Bible says, for lack of kindling, the fire goes out. Loud arguing does nothing but stir up. It grieves the Holy Spirit. And evil speaking let all of that be put away from you with all malice. You know what malice is? Malice is when you begin to find that you want the demise of somebody else. You know, the Lord helped me understand that just in the last couple of days. Those of you who know me best know that I am a huge college uh, football fan. Um, I was watching three games yesterday. That's hard to do, but you know, thank God for electronic devices now, right? <laughs> oh my Lord, I've got an iPad and a phone and two TVs. Saturdays in the afternoon is awesome. I got to get ready for Sunday in the mornings, but whoo, do I have fun on Saturday afternoons. Right there in my little world, I ain't going anywhere. 
But you know, the Lord pointed out to me that there is a team. Now listen, it's not a team in this state. I wish they would lose it ping pong. I mean, never do I ever want to hear that something good happened to that team or that school. Nobody in this state. And the Lord said to me, as I was talking about, you know, I don't want to grieve the Holy Spirit here now. It's okay to not be for anybody with anything as innocuous as a ball game, but here's where you cross the line between not caring for somebody in, a, in something that is just a little bit of fun, and here's where you get into malice. Are you ready? If you cross the line and want one of their stars to get hurt, that's malice. Because I love that player on that team as much as I love you. Right? If you're glad when somebody gets hurt, that's malice. And that grieves the Holy Spirit. So I actually had to do a little bit of repentance, I got to tell you. Boy, I don't like them. Okay. And notice what the Holy Spirit loves. And this is closing, verse 32. Be kind to one another. Can I ask you something? Are you kind to the janitors at school or in your office? Are you kind to those who serve your table when you go out to dinner? Are you kind to those who do menial, subservient things, or, or do you act like uh, they are just the lowest part of the, are, are you kind? Kindness is attractive. Many years ago, I heard an interview with some of the most, by the world's acclaim, the most beautiful movie stars in the world. And the interviewer said, um, what attracts you about a man? Here's their whole consensus. I'm attracted to a man because of his kindness. Well, his kindness. Kindness is strength under control. Kindness is not hard nor harsh. Kindness flows from the Holy Spirit's ministry. Kindness. The Holy Spirit is pleased with an atmosphere of kindness. Be kind to one another, tender-hearted. Do you know that one of the tendencies we have the more we live on this earth and the more we hear of all the just unbelievable things going on in this world, it's easy for us to allow our heart to become hardened. And I don't care who you are. Those of you who listen to me in ministry, 
You hear brokenness every day. Don't let your heart get hardened. Don't let yourself get to the point to where you don't feel it anymore. You're in trouble then. You got to do some things that are diversion. You, you can't deal in that pit all the time. But don't lose your compassion for people. Be tenderhearted. The needs of people need to move us. Forgiving one another, even as God in Christ forgave you. Here's a question for you. When Jesus Christ went to the cross for you, what sin did he not forgive you for? The Bible says that every one of your sins were taken by Jesus on himself at the cross. Every one of them. So here's, an, here's the follow-up question. What sin can you refuse to forgive someone else for? Forgiving, forgiveness comes out of a position of being forgiven. You're not going to be very successful at forgiving people until you see yourself in Jesus' eyes as forgiven. I hear people all my ministry say, God, help me to forgive so-and-so. What they need to pray first is, Lord, help me to see how perfectly forgiven I am. And then I will offer that forgiveness to those who have offended me. You forgive out of a stance of being forgiven. Have you received the Lord's forgiveness? Do you still feel like he's mad at you or disappointed in you? That's a lie from the devil. He loves you. You're his daughter. You're his son. He has seen your sins and taken them on himself. He has forgiven. The Bible says that we are totally and completely forgiven. So what do I have to do? I just have to be willing to forgive the way I have been forgiven. You can't wait till you feel better about somebody who's hurt you. You can't wait till they see what they've done and ask forgiveness. No, you, you've got to come before Jesus and say, Lord, thank you that you perfectly paid for my sin. I am totally forgiven and by faith right now as an act of my will, I forgive for what they've done. Is there anybody that you have taken names for and you have withheld forgiveness? That grieves the Holy Spirit and hurts. All you got to do is say, I'm willing. I'm willing. Lord, I do it in Jesus' name. I do it because I receive your forgiveness. That right there, the internal atmosphere of our inner man is the key to successful relationships with others. It's the key. Let me tell you this. God can change people's hearts that you could never, ever change. We give him the opportunity to do that when we respond right to him and us. Him and us. Let's bow our heads together. We've got a lot to think about today.
I wonder if you would join me in this prayer that I've been praying all week. Would you just pray this right now where you are to you and the Lord? Holy Spirit, show me where I'm grieving you. Show me where I have made you uncomfortable through my thoughts, my words, my actions. And if the Holy Spirit shows you something, be quick to say, Lord, you're right about that. I confess that I responded wrong and I ask you to forgive me. Would you do that? The word says if we confess our sin, he is faithful and just to forgive us and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If the Holy Spirit has said to you, you know what? There's a dark room in your heart that has not been open to my love and my light for a long time. That, that anger and that disappointment has become bitterness. It's clouded the inner atmosphere of your spiritual home and that's the reason that there's been a distance between us. Would you say, Lord, I don't know how to fix this, but I'm going to let it go today. In the name of Jesus, I confess to you that I've been bitter. It may be somebody who's already dead. But if the Lord tells you, you know, you've, you've held on to this a long time. It's a dark place in your soul. Just say, you're right. I release them to you, Lord. I forgive them and I bless them. They're in your hands now. They're in your hands now. Holy Spirit, give us greater revelation. That in your eyes, because of the marvelous love of Jesus, we are forgiven. Thank you, Lord. And we release that that you've given us toward all who've offended us. Lord, forgive us for walking around with a floating sense of anger toward other people. Whether it's a group of people, whether it's a an individual, I forgive, Lord. I don't want anything clouding my intimate relationship with you. Father, we thank you for your mighty love and grace. Give us greater revelation of it individually and in this corporate faith family, Lord. Let the love of God and the revelation of it be released mightily in Jesus' name. Dean and I and your pastoral staff, we love you. We pray for you every day. 
Go with God. He's going with you. We'll see you next week. You can access more of Steve Franklin's teachings online at www.sfmin.com.